नमस्ते जय शिवाय अ सीकर हैज आस्क मी अ क्वेश्चन रिगार्डिंग वन ऑफ द महर्षि पतंजलि सूत्र इन द योग दर्शन व्हिच इज अबाउट यू नो असंप्रज्ञात समाधि और यू कैन कॉल इट निर्विकल्प समाधि निर्बीज समाधि और एनलाइटनमेंट और मोक्ष सो हाउ डज द ultimate moksha you know moksha differs in three different kinds of yogis there are three, three different types of yogis so for that in order to understand that how their samadhi and enlightenment and moksha differs we can talk about we need to understand what are those three different types of yogis first so the first one is bhav pratyay yogi Okay, I'll write these uh, terms in the title or some place where you can, you know, read, know the spelling how they are spelled. So the first one is Bhava Pratyaya Yogi. So now think of an Atma. Okay, and uh, if an Atma realizes through lot of spiritual practices that uh, you know their all their bad karmas are gone. and uh, whatever is left they want to use whatever karmic thing is left they want to use their life for doing good karma and sattva arises in them in a way you can say satvik rajas arises in them so doing a whole lot of good karma okay which is driven by sattva purity and they want to eliminate the suffering of human beings by you know killing all kinds of bad people bad you know demons or rakshas and asur and whoever is creating or disturbing the creation and disturbing it to the extent so that good people are not able to live so they want to do all that kind of help and they start with good karma so when they end up cleaning lots of rakshas asura demons in so many different dimensions including for human beings if anybody is creating a whole lot of torturous environment then they end up killing them removing them from the scene okay so they stop doing bad karma even more and they stop torturing the good souls and let the spiritual people be spiritual and be able to walk their spiritual journey and in order to balance the sattva rajas and tamas in order to particularly balance the tamas so in a way they start helping paramatma or the god the supreme being they start helping sustain the universe as per the plan or the system that parmatma has created like a system of karma like a system of uh, dharma and so many other th- systems right so everything can go as planned and everything can go take it take its own time and everybody can live happily and safely and securely so they start helping parmatma for all that so life after life they go on doing enormous amount of punya punya means very good karma really good karma and 
their tapasya or their spiritual practices are also to gain lots of enormous amount of siddhis, supernatural powers. But they do not use those super, uh, supernatural powers just to display them or showcase them someplace. No, they want to use them so that they can protect the spiritual people, good people, protect the system, protect the dharma and be able to kill all kinds of powerful asura, rakshas and people. However powerful they are, they should be able to remove them from the scene, kill them. Okay, so such kind of yogis, they acquire a great deal of good karma. And because in a way they were protecting spiritual people, good people and good beings in all the dimensions, in a way they are the savior kind of, you know, yogis and they are acquiring power after power, supernatural power after supernatural power to be able to, you know, protect people and kill, kill those demons. So they become, they bec everybody starts loving them. In all the dimensions, no doubt about it. Who doesn't want to be protected if somebody, if a demon is trying to kill you, right? <laughs> so people become bhaktas, you know. People fall in love. People fall in love and devotion, extreme love and devotion with such a yogi. So these yogis are called as bhavapratyay yogi. And Krishna was, Bhagwan Krishna was one such yogi who acquired enormous amount of siddhis and powers through tapas okay and got into dashavatar 10 avatars of vishnu that we call so 10 lifetimes he spent saving and protecting karma and dharma of good people spiritual people and killing all kinds of nasty nasty demons and Asuras and Rakshasas and whoever got insane and started wreaking havoc in all kind, all the all the dimensions and all the realms of existence. So he ended up removing them. So then uh, avatar after avatar we started because they display so much of divine qualities. Out of the 54 par qualities of Paramatma, they are the ones who exuberate are able to display those qualities in myriad forms. They have siddhis, enormous amount of siddhis that usually the other kinds of yogis do not have. Okay, so they big people become bhakta, people fall in love with them. They are bhavapratya yogis. So then comes a time after playing Leela in so many lifetimes, removing demons here and Rakshas there and Asur there and killing this bad person here and that bad person there and you know saving all kinds of good people and this and that to doing ton of Leela. There comes a time when Bhava Pratya Yogi realizes that creation is endless. Right? It'll go on happening. So are the bad people and the good people and the spiritual people. All kinds of people will go on happening. So they need to give up 
It's enough. In some lifetime, they are bound to say, okay, enough, enough is enough. Now I need to attain the moksha. Earlier, moksha wasn't their goal. Their goal was to acquire as many siddhis, powers to set up dharma, to save good people, spiritual people, to help Paramatma sustain the creation, maintain the creation in the way it is supposed to be. Okay? Earlier that was the goal. So in some lifetime they realize it's enough. Then those bhava pratyay have to take a human body, karma deha, okay? Human body, they have to appear in human form in their last lifetime. And they go to the other kind of yogis, which I, which we'll talk about in, in a while. So they go to the other kind of yogis and they attain the wisdom of moksha. Whatever remaining wisdom they have to get, they get it. And they realize it in few days, few weeks, few months. And they are done. They attain samadhi. And when they leave their body, when bhava pratyay yogis leave their body, when mahasamadhi happens to them, because their subtle body, which means 18 tattvas, 18 elements which constitute the subtle body. And you can watch the Sankhya Darshan video, three videos of Sankhya Darshan that I have created on my channel. You can watch them and you can also see the i card appearing on top of this video that you can start paying attention to and clicking on it if you are interested, okay? Learning more about what are the those 18 elements which constitute the subtle body, what are the other remaining 18 which constitute the physical body and so on. Right, and uh, so 18 elements of those bhava pratyay yogis are really in a highly evolved state. Highly evolved state. So, when they take mahasamadhi or when they leave their physical body, they are instantly able to exhume or discard or dissolve those remaining 18 uh, elements of their subtle body. And they instantly merge in Paramatma. Instant merger in Paramatma of such a yogi's Atma happens. So this is what it is about Bhava Pratyaya Yogi. And they are loved by everyone. They are worshipped by a lot of people. Especially the Bhakta generation. The devotees generation, devotees population. Next one is Upaya Pratyay Yogi. Upaya Pratyay Yogis are the other ones. Like all of us will be called as Upaya Pratyay Yogis. If when we attain Samadhi, Nirvikalp Samadhi, it's called as Upaya Pratyay. We are called, referred to as Upaya Pratyay Yogis. Upaya Pratyay Yogis, and they are not avatars. Upaya Pratyay ones are not avatars of Paramatma. Or, and they, do, they have supernatural powers, but not the ones that Bhava Pratyay had. And Upaya Pratyay come to an understanding, come to the wisdom of Moksha little earlier in their journey that there is no end to creation. 
whether you stay in a heavenly body or this human body or some other celestial beings god body if you stay in this uh, you know earthly realm or you stay in heavenly realm or you stay wherever it's going to end in the suffering of one kind or the other so very early in their spiritual journey they have this gyan that in it, the creation is infinite and it's going to go on and on and on and on forever you kill one demon still some more will be sprouted you kill one asur one rakshas 10 more will come up and it's even more powerful and then you will attain more siddhis, more supernatural powers to kill the, those even powerful ones. And then you go for more powerful ones. So there's no end. It's an infinite loop. And you can go on doing all that forever. It's not going to end. The entire humanity or all the atmas that are there in, in, in the entire universe cannot be enlightened, cannot be turned spiritual at all at once at any given point of time. So all the realms, all the dimensions, all the realms of existence are always going to be full of some bad ones, some good ones, some spiritual ones, some highly non-spiritual ones. Some always doing good karma, some doing bad karma. And those who turn. So not only that one needs to have vairagya from human body. One needs to have vairagya from any and all kinds of body. One not only needs to have vairagya from the humanly earthly existence or the sansara that you see here or experience here on the earth. One needs to have vairagya from the all kinds of heaven and nice lokas you know enjoying lokas where there is no suffering or you know human like suffering and all that so one needs to have vairagya from that now one needs to have vairagya that no amount of good karma is going to give you moksha no amount of good karma is responsible directly responsible for giving someone a moksha freedom from death and birth cycle no amount of karma good karma people can go on doing punya after punya good karma after good karma the way you have to bear the consequences of all your bad karmas one has to bear the con good consequences of their good karmas as well all the punyas as well and for that you need this body or that body or this kind of realm or that kind of existence. Something is needed. You will be existing somewhere, in some way. And the long so, such upaya pratyaya yogis have sampurna vairagya. Full 360 degree vairagya. Dispassion. And they are able to drop karma itself not doing bad karma not doing good karma either staying in kriya just the kriya and just in sadhana 
and that is how their ultimate goal is moksha. Now such yogis may have been already to heaven, heavenly realms, right? And they might have attained all kinds of subtle bodies here and there, like I had experienced or Gautam Buddha experienced, right? Coming from other realms and other having other bodies and everything. Yet, the gyan that happens is that no amount of sukha, no amount of happiness could take away the longing for Brahma, for Paramatma from within us. Nothing could stop that pain of separation that we have with Paramatma, with Brahma. So even that was discarded, that was dropped. So this is called as Sampurna Vairagya. Upai Pratyay Yogis, early on in their journey, in their lifetimes after lifetimes, cultivate Sampurna Vairagya. And when it comes to getting the wisdom of moksha, Krishna, being a bhava-pratyayogi, got that wisdom of moksha from the upaya-pratyayogi who was Rishi Sandeepani. Bhagwan Ram got it. Being a bhava-pratyayogi, he got it from the upaya-pratyayogi Vashishtha. All the shastras and scriptures that you read or you see, have and all the wisdom of moksha that you see is mostly not all of it but most of it has been written by or has been given to other types of yogis by upaya pratyay type of yogis sandrishi sandeepani vashisht vyas and jaimini so many others were just upai yogis and it is their job it is their responsibility to provide that wis wisdom of moksha to even bhava pratyas right but because they are providing the wisdom of moksha which is the ultimate wisdom and only few can grasp it only few need it <laughs> because most of the people are still interested either in being just a bhakta, right? And going through that path, not ready for the wisdom yet, that kind of a wisdom yet. Or people are interested in heaven, heavenly realms, this realm, that realm, this dimension, that dimension, this supernatural uh, power and that supernatural power. So very few are interested in the true wisdom of moksha. So, Upai Pratyayogis are not very famous. Or you can say they are very famous among the population of other Upai Pratyayogis who have Sampurna Vairagya. Full 360 degree of Vairagya from anything and everything that exists. From the entire manifestation. From the entire creation. So they do not want to exist as any, anybody or anything else. Do not want to acquire siddhis just for the sake of siddhis or to kill, do good karma or bad karma or do this or do that. No. 
no amount of doing is going to help one attain moksha. So when upaya pratyaya attains nirvikalpa samadhi, then at that time, they also have 18 elements existing in their subtle body. And it's the first time that they are going to discard that, right? When they attain mahasamadhi or when they leave their physical existence, right? But what happens is because the kind of jnana that they had and the kind of tapas that they did, their subtle, 18 subtle elements are not, have not gone through the stages where they can be, uh, you know, discarded, dissolved or exhumed just like that. So it takes them 140 to 200 years after this discarding this body, physical body, it takes them that many years to finally merge into Paramatma, dissolve their those 18 elements and dissolve in Paramatma, merge in Paramatma, be in union forever in Paramatma without having any physical or gross or subtle existence at all, right? So it takes them that many years. Now some Upai Pratyaya Yogis, they may choose to prolong that time because in that subtle body, they are able to manifest themselves physically anywhere for any seeker or any students that they have taught, any disciples that they have. They still want to help, they can prolong that duration. They still want to help humans and celestial beings and other kinds of yogis in this way and that way in subtle manner, they can do that. So that 140 to 200 is the normal duration you can say. They, it can be prolonged to thousands of years. Although it's a very difficult thing to do because the pull that one feels after Nirvikalpa Samadhi, the pull that we feel from Paramatma or the Brahma is way too much to keep us in this body or any body, gross or subtle. That pull is too much. We're just ready to get out of all the bodies. <laughs> get rid of all the bodies. <laughs> Gross or subtle. So it's very hard to prolong that journey. But still, they do it. Some of them do it. Okay. And then, uh, some can reduce it. If required, they want to reduce us, they can reduce it to like 70, 80 years or something like that. So it can be reduced to that much. Now it may look like a very long time. 70, 80 years or 140 to 200 years which is the normal usual time or human years and 1000 years it may look like oh such a long wait time to merge in Paramatma finally. But that is not what is the perception of the Upai Yogi once he attains Nirvikalpa. Why? Because we are staying in Ananda all the time. It's subtle at times and it becomes really gross or you can see as laughing and you know just sitting and just closing our eyes or whatever. It's too much that ananda. So life, these years that have been gone by, I can talk from my experience, these years, I have. it's been five years since I have been enlightened, since I have self-realized. It's been five years and still 
it doesn't feel like five years at all it only feels like five minutes or an hour or a day max i don't know i mean i, I have no no perception of time that way so from the counting from the number it may look like 140 to 200 years is a big time or 70 80 years is a big time or maybe if one chooses to prolong it to thousand years may look like a big time but in the perception of upai pratyayogis it's not such a big time their perception is still happening through the anandamaya kosh that they got okay so in case of bhav pratyay they were able to merge in parmatma instantly once they took mahasamadhi once they left their physical body in case of upaya pratyay they are able to merge in parmatma after discarding their subtle body which takes few years few couple couple hundred years right that is the difference between nirvikalpa samadhi or the moksha of bhav pratyay and upaya pratyay and then comes the third one prakriti lay prakriti lay are yogis third type of yogis who are not existing in human body at all who have mastered each and every element and everything of the creation most of the time they are just existing as something very subtle at the level of either mahat or at the level of you know just the guna that tiny that molecular existence they have got yet it's an existence it's part of your subtle body however small it may look like however less elements it may have at least you have a body and you are not merging fully into that uh, paramatma yet so after doing all kinds of playing around and all kinds of siddhis and converting this element to that element, existing as this element or this thing or that element, at elemental level we are talking about now when it comes to Prakriti life. So they have existed as anything and everything and every kind of element and they are done, done playing around. So when they decide they want to attain Samadhi and Moksha, then again because Upai Pratyay are now existing in their subtle body, after Upai Pratyay has taken a Mahasamadhi, then they are existing in their subtle body and they are in the process of discarding those subtle bodies. They are able to give the wisdom of Moksha to Prakriti Laya as well. And then they are able to help them and they, when Prakriti Laya attains Moksha, again it's an instant thing. Their subtle body is just gone instantly. And they merge into Paramatma. Their Atma merges into Paramatma. Okay. So this is the difference between the Asampragyat or Nirvikalpa Samadhi. And then how? So it does not have impact upon whether one gets moksha or not. Or if one kind of moksha is different than the other kind of moksha. No. All three of them attain moksha. But the duration that it takes for one to merge into Paramatma versus the other. That is what differs. And that is what Maharshi Patanjali has explained in his Samadhi Pada. In one of the sutra where he is talking about Asampragyata Samadhi and how it is different for Bhava Pratyay and uh, Prakriti Lai and Upaya Pratyay. And it is the 
duty, responsibility of upaya pratyay to help other upaya pratyays and to help bhava pratyay and to help impart the wisdom of moksha to prakriti life, to everybody. So they are known as great rishis and great rishikas, yogi and yoginis of their time. And they are known for that. So it's not that one kind of yogi is better than the other kind of yogi. No, it's nothing like that. All three kinds of yogis are required. Bhav Pratyayas are required because a lot of population still depends upon, you know, savior phenomena. Somebody else will save me. Somebody else will come for me. So they depend, depend on Bhav Pratyayas, yogis. A lot of people... And lots and lots of spiritual population, those who are walking there, having vairagya and are walking their journey towards moksha, they depend a lot upon upai pratyaya yogis. And all the other kinds of yogis also depend upon upai pratyaya yogis to give them wisdom of moksha. And existing as different elements and having science and technology for different yogas it's prakriti lai those who gain those kind of masteries and then come up with uh, this kind of uh, weapon or that kind of a uh, supernatural power or this thing or that thing and come up with a ton of science so it's necessary somebody somebody will do it right and there are people who have different kind of uh, sankalpa different kind of mosh, uh, mm, motive, different kind of uh, volition or intention before they start walking their spiritual journey. Some people do want to focus on good karma and sat sattvic rajas do arise in them and they do, they can go on lifetime after lifetime helping the sansara in that way, helping all the dimensions, helping Paramatma that way. Upai Pratyay, they, they are also needed because they are for those senior Atmas who are having Sampurna Vairagya from anything and everything. And they help. Upai Pratyas are needed when any time creation is being started. And the Gyan has to be given from one to another, one to another. And they have the powers because they, they, they reached, they themselves realized all the wisdom of Moksha. Upai Pratyay realized that because they reach the level of Shruti, Shabda, Nad, Omkar. So just by hearing, they can download the entire Gyan. So they are born, they are able to start, appear into the beginning of the creation and help Paramatma with creation. So that, because in any, no matter what yoga it is, no matter what time cycle it is, no matter what the time it is, some spiritual, some people are still, some Atmas are still going to walk their spiritual journey and they are going to need that pure wisdom of moksha. So such Atmas, such Upai Pratyay helps and when they are staying in their subtle bodies, Upai Pratyay are able to help all kinds of prakriti lay and all kinds of other yogis who are existing in subtle body and do not need to take, they do not have any amount of karma left so that they can take uh, karma de human body. So do not need to take that. They can be self-realized or take, 
samadhi, attain nirvikalpa, attain enlightenment, self-realization, nirvana in their subtle body itself. They have done that much of tapas where they have got ridden of everything that gives one a physical body, this kind of a gross physical body. Yet they do have a body but only very, very subtle, consisting of just some very few subtle elements. So this is the difference and I hope this helps you understand three different types of yogis. It also aligns with different kinds of motives, intentions one has and the ultimate prime responsibility and the way help is provided to the cosmos, to the entire realm. All the existence, entire manifestation and different beings are helped through these three different kinds of yogis. Don't think one or, one or the other is more famous so they are more important and other ones are not. No, don't think like that. It's a foolishness. You cannot say only PhD scientists are needed because they are able to teach PhD scholars. You cannot say scientists without teaching PhD scholars are not needed. You cannot say primary school teachers are not needed. They are very much needed. So all kinds of yogis, all different kinds of people, all different kinds of things are needed. Okay, Nothing is much more bigger or it may sound, one, one kind of yogi may sound or their motives may sound very interesting to certain kind of a population, certain other kind of population, other kind of people, some other yogi or their things may look very interesting or sound very interesting. So depending upon what is the intention, <clears throat> you become that kind of a yogi. Namaste. Jai Shivaya.